Welcome back to the Human Challenge, where we explore all of the human challenges in today's world, the challenges of being human, and how we can challenge ourselves to be more human for the greater good. I'm your host, Vanessa Ferlano, and today we are joined by Jackie Lamru, CEO and founder of Summits for Serotonin. Uh, welcome to the show, Jackie. Nice to see you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I see your lovely plant in the background. And I know that you yes. are in Alberta right now, right? Correct. Is there yes. a lot of snow right now? Actually, we're having a shockingly nice uh, fall in Edmonton. We've got no snow on the ground yet, which is very uncommon. Um, and it's been like hovering slightly above zero all, all fall. So rolling with the sunshine this year. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I appreciate that you're in December and you're like, yeah, it's a warm fall. <laughs> that it's a December yeah. first. Well, I, you know, we don't normally get fall. It usually goes from summer straight to winter. So I'm like riding I, the wind. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. Like, I appreciate that. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm in Northern Ontario right now and it is okay. not fall here. It is not fall here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You guys it's have awesome. lots more humidity for snow. So Awesome. Um, well, I'm really glad that you still got all your nice weather and that you're getting to ride that wave a little bit. And I'm sure I imagine for summit, summits for serotonin and must be uh, a really great thing because of all the work you do. I know um, what I love the most, you have this one phrase, providing more accessible mental health care for everyone. Um, yes. And I think that's amazing. And I know that you do a lot of that outdoors. So I'm sure the fall weather is very supportive of that. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Tell us, um, you know, like your journey, kind of how that led to Summits for Serotonin and then this idea of accessible mental health care. For sure. So um, I guess I'll start kind of, uh, I'll roll back a few years ago. Uh, so by trade, I am a personal trainer. Um, and uh I uh, have always really struggled with my mental health, but I never really became aware of what that really looked like or meant, um, or that how I was feeling wasn't necessarily considered uh, normal, or that healing from that was really an option for me until I would say probably around like 2018. Um, and so really where where the project was inspired uh, or was inspired from was uh, through the pandemic as a personal trainer. I think most people um, know gyms were closed uh, and it kind of took everybody uh, and all the other things that came along with the pandemic. Um, really, I, I was kind of hitting a rock bottom for me. Um, and I also suffered, you know, a loss of a friend uh, from just like a tragic accident uh, and then through the pandemic, I, you know, I felt helpless because I didn't have any resources uh, here in Alberta at the time of the pandemic. Um, the going rate for counseling was $200 an hour. Um, it's now up to $220 an hour here. And that's just not, you know, a, it's just not accessible. Most people can't afford to spend $200 on a lot of things, uh, let alone an hour with a counselor. Um, so I was actually very fortunate because my mom works in healthcare. Uh, so she has a, a long laundry list of resources for people who are in my situation. And she connected me uh, with a charity and counseling service called Cornerstone Counseling. Um, and so they provide subsidized healthcare or uh, counseling services and mental health care services 
uh, for people who don't necessarily have the funding uh, to pay full price for services. So I was able to get connected with a student counselor for as low as $20 an hour, um, which made a huge difference. I was able to connect with a counselor, have online counseling sessions, and kind of work through all the things I was feeling. Um, and so then fast forward to kind of, I'm back working and I, you know, I'm on my feet again. I'm feeling a lot better mentally and emotionally. Um, and uh, so actually on my birthday, my it would have been my 27th birthday, I kind of had this aha moment that I'm like, I'm in a place now where I feel like I can maybe make a small difference. And I was inspired to start the nonprofit um, with the aim of, you know, breaking down barriers around uh, accessible mental health care. And so uh, the very first thing I did was connect with Cornerstone and said, hey, I'm going to start this nonprofit. And we want right now for you guys to be the recipient of some of the money that we raise and some of our funds. Um, because for me, obviously, that was a very personal and personal connection. And it meant a lot to me what they did for me and what they do, you know, helps a lot of people um, around all of Northern Alberta. Um, and so that's kind of really where the whole thing started from. Um, and then that was uh, two years ago. So February of 2022. Uh, so we're coming up on our second year anniversary right away here. That's awesome. Um, right. But yeah, that's kind of uh, really what motivated motivated the start of the nonprofit. And I, um, yeah, I definitely really hear that story a lot. I, I mean, I just think in general from the pandemic, you know, the mental health question was a really big one that that came up, I think, for everybody. So I imagine that being very relatable. Um, and, and then, so I guess, so you, you've partnered and you, be, like you're raising funds. And so how is one, one of the ways you do that? I, I think that when I was looking into this, there's like mental health retreats. And I know there's a big connection here between um, like human connection with each other and then with nature, right? And so yeah. how does all that fit into, because I think that's lovely, lovely from like a being human perspective, right? Like it is yeah. about ourselves, each other into the world and nature is such a big part of that. So how do you do that or bring those those things together through your nonprofit? Absolutely. So um, one of the things that we offer through the nonprofit um, and a way, so from kind of the more raising money side, um, I actually went and got certified with the Outdoor Council of Canada. So I've been um, in love with the mountains for years. When I really hit that rock bottom five or six years ago, I was like living out of the back of my car uh, in trailhead parking lots through Banff and Canmore and just climbing mountains um, because, you know, I'd experiences, like I mentioned, uh, I lost a friend and there was that, you know, metaphor of the higher on the mountaintop, the closer I felt to those people that I've lost in my life. Um, so with that, like that really helped on my healing journey. And I really wanted to connect that with people. And um, one of the ways that I also connect most with people is around a campfire. And I kind of was like playing with the idea, how can I bring this to people who need it? Um, how can I like, you know, the outdoors are not as accessible as you may think. It might be right out the front door, but to go into the backcountry and to really submerge yourself in nature, it's expensive between all the gear, knowing what to do, how to manage wildlife. There's a lot of factors uh, that go into that. And basically, I offer for uh, corporate settings, we have paid uh, 
retreats that we could take teams on. And then with that money, we're able to donate to Cornerstone Counseling and also run free backcountry mental health retreats that are really tailored towards, you know, connecting with people and understanding that you're not the only one struggling. Um, and there's another, you know, physical component of that is like, it's not easy to climb a mountain. Um, but what mountains allow us to do is to see that like, we're capable of a lot more than we think we are. We're strong and we're resilient and we're able to overcome things. Um, and I really wanted to connect all of those those things that I felt uh, and offer them to people who maybe don't have, have access uh, to the things I have access to um, or the resources that I have. And I wanted to create that resource for people. Um, yeah, so I try and take people into the backcountry and let them heal. Right. Yeah. I, I really love that. One of the things that you said that really spoke to me was um, climbing the top of the mountain made you feel a little closer to some of those people that you had lost. And it actually, what, what kind of, what came up for me was I lost my father uh, quite a few years ago now to brain cancer. And uh, we actually, one of his last wishes was to just go to Mexico. We have family there and it was just something that he just wanted and he passed there, but we, we rented a little, um, a little apartment space that actually overlooked uh, two volcanoes that surround the city and they're, they're connected and they're very beautiful. And, and um, I always felt that every time too, like that, that there's something with that, like that, that sturdiness of like the mountains and volcanoes, right. It's like, you know, just even yeah. just waking up and seeing them, there's just something about it that just kind of like brings you home. You feel that presence. And, and, and I remember finding so much comfort in just those volcanoes, like the way they just, it's like they're they have this presence and they're there. And sometimes it felt like they were like holding up the sky. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Up, you could just kind of look out and be like, oh, like there is peace. Yeah. There's you know, um Exactly. Was, yeah. And it's so, almost like the knowing of like there's so much more for me, like when I'm in the mountains or looking at mountains or on the top of the mountain, it just like it reminds me there's there's so much beauty and so much more than the negative and the challenges that I'm facing. Um, and I always like to use the term uh, mental mountains, you know, like everybody has a different mental mountain that they're facing. Um, and as mentioned, you know, there's tons of parallels between the climbing of an actual mountain and overcoming a lot of the a lot of the hardships. And I'm really sorry to hear about your dad, Wiley. That's like a horrible way to lose somebody. Um, Thank you. Oh, I know. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I think it's healing, you know, to always just talk about it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with, with, uh, with the discussion. I, I like talking about it, I think, cause it's, it's a way to honor that, you know, a way to honor him, a way to honor, you know, that whole experience. Um, but thank you. I do appreciate that. I, yeah. Uh, I think it's also too, one of the things that, that you, what you're saying also is making me think of, of this idea of oneness, right? Like this idea of like, you know, looking out into nature, it's like, you know, there's so much more beauty out there. And I think that there's, there's that idea of the oneness, that connection, right? That is, it's yeah. like, that, I don't know, that's what I experience when I'm kind of out in nature is that like, I am part of nature. I am part of this world. I'm like, I'm like embedded into the world in a way. I think, you know what I mean? As human beings, like we are embedded into this physical world. Yeah. And, and I think that that is one of the things that, that I really appreciate about, about nature. And then, you know, what I love a lot about what you do, because it's, it's, it's just that extension, I think of mental health, right. It's like mental health accessibility. And then that, that total sense of oneness, right. With ourselves, each other and the rest of the world. And I think it's really, really beautiful. 
Absolutely. I, I really love what you said about, you know, being open to sharing about and having, you know, comfort in the conversations about talking about the things that have happened in your life. I think a lot of people, um, you know, there's maybe some shame around feeling bad or, you know, uh, grieving and processing these things that happen to us, you know, uh, and I want to in these retreats that we run and in allowing people to have access to a therapist, opening the door for those conversations in a safe space with people who have no judgment and understanding uh, is like super important to breaking down the stigmas around mental health because holding it in is, is not good. Like that's where we, uh, we really start to kind of spiral into a downward cycle with our mental health. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that, uh, um, you know, when I reflect, I remember for myself, I, I had a very similar experience to you where everything kind of crashes down in one moment. I have had a phase where, you know, I'm also living out of my car, um, you know, and, and um, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot kind of happening around. You don't really know what to do. And then I remember for me, there's this feeling of like, am I allowed to talk about this, right? Like, am I allowed or do I have to keep pretending that everything is fine, right? And and I think kind of yeah. to your point about the shame part, right? That it's like, am I allowed to talk about how I'm feeling right now? Or do I need to like keep pretending everything is okay, you know? Um, am I allowed to even feel this sadness? Or am I supposed to just like be positive and look on the bright side? And, and yeah. you know, I think that that's in society that that you know, I think really should be revisited, you know, how are we encouraging people just to have open conversations? Like, why is it why is it taboo to, you know, talk about my mental health? Why is it so uncomfortable? Yeah, um, yeah so exactly. You know, and um, I guess, I'm not sure, you know, maybe I should put a trigger warning, but especially on like the conversations of uh, suicide, because suicide rates are quite high right now. Um, and I think it, it's such a shame. You know, I've been personally in a spot where I've had, you know, a couple times in my life where I've battled with suicidal thoughts and uh, I'm going to try and keep it together here. But like, it's a really very lonely and dark place to be. Um, and I think really what pulls me out of that is like having, it's really hard, but to have the courage to, you know, tell someone that you love that you're really not doing well and like verbalizing that kind of gives you perspective in a way instead of running with all the negative thoughts of yourself in your head. Um, and you're right. There is a lot of taboo around talking about mental health and we live in a really fast paced and productive society. And, you know, I think we feel this pressure that if we're not feeling good and we're not feeling productive, then we need to like keep that to ourselves. Um, and we need to always be moving forward. And I think that's just not the case, you know, um, what's more important than any of that stuff is like living a full and like amazing life. And also I, you know, I just, I really, with all that I'm doing, I want people to know that like, just because maybe right now you're in like this dark pit of a space, it's not impossible for you to, you know, put a little bit of work into yourself and like to get to the other side of that and have like these amazing experiences and this amazing life and accomplish these crazy goals you know that you maybe didn't didn't think at one time you'd be be capable of because I've done a lot of really cool things at this point that five years ago you know 
I never, I never even considered an option for me. You know, um, I never thought I'd be able to do what I do now. I never thought I'd be able to go some of the places I've been and climb some of the mountains I've climbed and help some of the people that I've hopefully helped, you know, along the way. And there, there is recovery and healing for everybody out there. Um, so that's really one of the, the messages I want people to know is like, it's hard, but those hard things make you so much stronger and it makes the recovery, the recovery side of that so much sweeter because you get such an appreciation for what you have. Right. No, I appreciate that a lot. And I really thank you for being so open about that experience. Um, you know, I, I completely, I completely hold space for that. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful um, for your willingness to share um, that experience. I know that those are very challenging things. I've gone through some very challenging things myself, um, you know, and, and like, so, you know, for example, I was sexually assaulted when I was 23, I think. And, and I mean, the, it's, it's the, it's the trauma part. Right. And I think that when we deal with even things like, like suicidal thoughts, it's not just mental health. There's a trauma component to it. Right. Because yeah. it's traumatic. Right. Like I think when you kind of catch yourself in those moments and you're like, Whoa, like, did I think that, you know, like that there's a bit of a trauma response in there. And then I think circling back to earlier where it was like, am I allowed to feel that? Am I allowed to talk about it? But I did. A, and I appreciate your point too, of, of, um, the ability to create that space in being able to talk about it, right? Like when you know, cause you're right. Like it is hard to talk to people about it, to be able to say, this is my experience. This has been my reality for a while. And it's hard because, um, you know, I know for myself, for example, the case of sexual assault, there's so many times you try to talk to people about it and, and, they they kind of they accidentally blame you for it. They don't realize that's what they're doing. Most people just get uncomfortable and they don't know how to be supportive, but they accidentally yeah. kind of blame you for it. And you're like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, like that's that's not supportive. But you know, I'll take this elsewhere. But you know, it, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't acknowledge or understand that it is to get to that point of being able to talk about it is very very challenging. Um, yeah. And, and at the same time, there is that 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 release that comes from that, you know, being able to talk about it creates that space inside. So it's like, okay, I can like, kind of figure or I can just let it move through the body, essentially, I think and that's yeah. kind of the best way that I would describing it. Yeah, instead of it feeling, you know, trapped, you you, you just kind of have yeah. to go through the motions. Um, you know, acceptance is a maybe not the right word, because but it is also at the same time, maybe the right word, because we do have to accept the things that have happened to us. And it's really up to us to determine how we let those things affect us. And I think, you know, with the whole theme of, of the podcast, the human challenges, I think, I think every single person can relate to having to accept things that have happened to them, or maybe even things that they've done that they're not necessarily the most proud of. Um, you just have to take all of those. Um, and accept and learn and try and you know keep moving forward and understanding that you know what has happened to us and what we've done doesn't necessarily always define us uh, and that there like i said there's there's always healing as an option no absolutely um i love that part like you know the things that we do do not define who we are you know what I, mean? I think that's crucial because yeah i mean you can yeah exactly i mean just like leave it there at that sentence like the things that we do yeah. do not the people that we are done exactly. um yeah love that so much love that so 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 much um and i think 
extending off of your ideas um, and, and thoughts around acceptance, what I have sort of come to in my own journey is this idea of acceptance to me is just the acceptance of all these parts of me, you know, these pieces of me, the trauma part of me, the happy part of me, the the frustrated part of me, the yeah. rebel part of me, you know, like yeah. it's the acceptance of like, you know, acceptance of the inner child, right? And and her insecurity. Yeah. Like that to me is acceptance, is acceptance of just I accept all these parts of me and they find a way to coexist in this body and and you know, I just I honor it for what it is, right? Instead of that shutting down of, oh, inner child, like you're so insecure right now. But it's like, no, you just need to have your space right now. You need to be heard. Your stuff's gonna come out and we just allow for it and, and, and honor it. And I think that that's been how I've sort of worked through acceptance, right? That it's like whatever's here is here is present and it will pass. Yeah, for sure. And like one of the, one of the things too about the mental health thing is it's not linear. So like my personal experience and your personal experience on how we've dealt with our traumas and how we've dealt with our challenges, it's not necessarily always going to be the exact same roadmap for the next person. Um, And I just really want to like create a community of understanding for that, that, you know, mental health healing is not a linear aspect. Everybody's going to have a different path. Everybody's faced different things and is able to process them in different ways. Um, And I just, you know, I just want people to understand that and create like a more compassionate community, really. Um, I think we've lost some compassion. Uh, I'm not sure where it started or necessarily where that ends, but I'm really focused on creating safe spaces and uh, a safe community for these people who are struggling. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. And that's part of my healing process, you know, giving back. It, it's really rewarding. And it gives me the feeling of um, having purpose uh, in my life. And uh, I think it's important for people to have purpose. So right. That's kind of no, I, I hear that completely. Um, creating space. And I think creating space is also something that you know, we create that space within and that, that sort of creates that space around us. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think to the, this, this piece of compassion, I, I think it's funny this, I don't know where it started. And it's like, it's true because it just, it just sort of becomes right. I think all of that stuff is, is already there, right. It's just sort of hidden behind the traumas, the, you know, the, yeah. the mental health, the conditioning, the, this and the, that. And like, once you, you know, taking that time and that space to just understand it dive deeper look past all that you know and then as you start healing that real stuff the compassion the love the openness is is always there right it's just you know who we are is is more of just a shedding process than anything else right like i think sometimes we treat it like this philosophical question (laughs) and it's like no you need to like ask a hundred thousand questions about like the could be's or the what ifs it's more like what's inside right now and what's underneath all of these kind of surface layer things right yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just at a loss of words. I'm just kind of thinking about all of all of the like ways that like, it's just such a mental health is just so complex. And I, I got to be honest, my head always is running with all these concepts of where, you know, we need to improve in our society right now. Um, and my my wheels are just kind of turning through this conversation on like 
it's motivating for me on different ways that like I can approach this in my retreats and how to guide conversations in the retreats um, and kind of who I should be connecting with in our community that can maybe help like breaking down these barriers. So I apologize. I'm kind of at a loss of words because my wheels <laughs> are, are just turning right now. Um, no. No, no, no. Don't apologize. I think that's great. Like that, that's the way that's the process, right? It's like the, the wheels are turning and then tomorrow morning it'll be like, okay, time to like act, you know? And that's just kind of yeah. the way it works. No, no, no. Like don't even worry about it. That's really funny. Um, no, I love it. I think that the one thing I want to add before move, I want to talk about the grand slam coming up. Um, but the one thing I want to add is, uh, this idea of, of what we have to do in society is, is that, you know, is we, we're so obsessed with like wanting to feel good, right? Like every, like think about yeah. like mindfulness, things like so commoditized, but it's like, it's not, that's not real. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing in the workplace. Like we identify a healthy work culture as like one that's always celebrating at the then it's like, but that's not real. And I think that's the problem, right? Like we don't actually create like the realness, like even yeah. let's talk about reality. Like I'm a certified mindfulness meditation guide and I, you know, I'm a very spiritual person and you know, spirituality is not about like being fluffy all the time. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm like, yeah, everything's magic. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> But it's about being grounded in reality, you know, and if you even look at things like chakras, like if you're a balanced chakra system, right, like it's like yeah. you're connected, but you're grounded in your root, you are still like grounded in reality, right? And I think yeah. that's, I think a big misconception, I think sometimes in society is that that we are like, wired to like, oh, we got to feel good. And we got to like reach for something to feel good. But that's not real. Um, I think maybe I, maybe that's the perspective. And maybe, you know, that's something your brain will be worrying and going and maybe, you know, something to work with. for you. Yeah, no, honestly, I just I totally agree. It's it. I, I think that you're 100% right in saying that, like being happy all the time is not real. And I think that's maybe one of the areas that society is misstepping and thinking that we just have to be positive all the time. And maybe the way to create these, you know, healthy work environments, healthy relationships and healthy communities is again, allowing that space for the times that we're, we're not positive and all right. And like, that has to be okay, not just for you, but kind of everybody needs to be accepting, you know, we've all been down and like, we can't, we can't shame someone for going through something or make them feel like it's not a space and you know we live in a very very in in western culture we live in a very corporate corporate world <laughs> um and that kind of ends up trickling i think has kind of trickled into every aspect of our of our life where we have to have like this very corporate structure good 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 program process you know make more money keep going keep going but um I think it's also okay to be, you know, happy with where you're at and not feeling, you know, bad about feeling bad sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think, I think sometimes, I think too, when we're, you know, quote unquote, like happy all the time, it actually really devalues happiness, right? Like it devalues the truth of happiness and it also devalues like the not happiness stuff, right? The crunchy stuff, the tender stuff, like all those things are part of the human experience. That's part of being human, yes. right? Like, you yeah. know, you can't actually experience happiness without experiencing anything else. You can't experience joy without experiencing not joy. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, I just, totally, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's just, we've, the society's kind of strayed away from that. But I think, you know, I've also seen huge movements. I mean, there's been a huge movement for the mental health uh, side of the world. And I think that that compassion and that space for all of that and 
to be like, you know, you always hear it's okay not to be okay. And I think people are really, that's really starting to actually sit with people and people are, you know, moving back in a, a really positive direction um, and reconnecting with each other. And, you know, I think it's a really, there has been a lot of progress made, but we're still kind of living in a situation where there's still lots of work that needs to be done in regarding to accepting that we're all human. We're all just having the human experience. We're facing different things every day. You don't know what the person in traffic next to you is going through or, you know, the poor person on the corner to the rich person in the Bugatti. Like you don't know what they're going through or what they're feeling or how the things are making them feel. And even though it's not your situation, you like, I think we're, we've come a long way in reducing the judgment in people's circumstances versus how they feel. Um, and I, I, that makes me, you know, really happy to see. And I just want to continue seeing that like forward progression uh, in the mental health space. So. Absolutely. Um, and I think maybe just in the spirit of, you know, we're talking about human experience, human challenge. I know you've got a big experience coming up, the Explorers Grand Slam Challenge. Um, yes. Tell me about this. You were telling me about it before and I was like, wait, 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 pause. I want to be on record when I hear this so that my face yeah. is real. So please share with us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, it's actually already starting to take place. So for people who don't know what an Explorer's Grand Slam challenge, um, just to divulge a little bit more, I am like an avid mountaineer. uh, And it's one of the things that have really brought me healing uh, is is being in the mountains. And I have a personal goal right now of um, doing the Explorer's Grand Slam. So that's climbing the highest mountain on every single continent. Uh, as well as traveling by foot uh, to the North and South Pole. Um, so, so far, I've actually already completed two of the mountains, um, both actually this year. Um, wow. Yeah, so I've done a, quite a bit of traveling this year, which has been, you know, awesome for me. And that's kind of like, these are the things I'm saying, you know, what I was talking about. I didn't even realize certain things were possible or what I was capable of. Um, but I successfully in January climbed Aconcagua. It's a mountain in Argentina. Um, it's the highest mountain actually in the Western Hemisphere uh, and the highest mountain in the world outside of the Himalaya, which is uh, in you know the Nepal-Tibet range where Everest sits. Um, Everest is on the list of those mountains. It is the highest mountain in Asia. So I'm really like nervous but excited for that one Uh, and then I actually just got back in uh, September I summited Kilimanjaro which is the highest peak um yeah and that one was really cool for me too because uh, my boyfriend and my cousin Paige uh, my boyfriend Cole they actually came with me and neither of which I would say is you know nearly into mountaineering as much as me um they maybe between the two of them have like five or 10 nights in the backcountry total. Uh, uh, and I got to, it was actually a really cool experience for me because um, rather than being the one experiencing, you know, the overcoming and the resiliency, I got to watch them go through that in their own capacity and watch them develop these tools and see how much like they're capable of bringing on. And like, for me, that was just like the coolest thing uh, to watch people, you know, grow on these mountains the way that I feel like I've grown on these mountains and to share that with them. So that was 
really cool for me. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah. So how, how long is it supposed to take? Is there, is there like a record? Are you trying to break a record? So there, I am trying to break a record. So if I complete this in a timely manner, I would be the first Canadian woman to ever accomplish an Explorer's Grand Slam. Yes. Uh, with that being said, though, for me, the timeline and the goal of uh, being the first, like that is not the most important thing for me. Uh, I really, you know, I want to focus a lot of my time on the retreats and building up the nonprofit to what it is. Um, and also climbing these mountains are quite expensive. So I'd be lying if I said there's not like a financial side of that, uh, that I'm trying to overcome myself. Um, and it's very important to me that none of the money we raise through the nonprofit, although I'm using it to raise awareness for what I'm trying to do with the nonprofit and I'm trying um, you know, I've connected the two in a way. It's still my personal goal, and I want to make sure that none of the money that I can be using for raising money for the accessible mental health care or for the retreats, I don't want any of that to go towards my personal expeditions. Um, so I'm not actually totally sure what the timeline's going to look like. Um, I'm doing it as fast as I can safely. I want to come home from these expeditions. You know, they're not. I think we maybe all know that, you know, Everest, for example, isn't always safe. I'll be spending, you know, two months in Antarctica when I go down there, a month in the Arctic. Um, I'll be traveling to some really remote and dangerous places uh, in order to even access some of these mountains. There's a lot of uh, risks. Um, and I want to make sure, you know, my passion really lies with this nonprofit. And I want to make sure I'm healthy and safe enough when I'm coming to come back from these mountains and continue on what my like my main goal is but yeah I'm super excited about it and I've learned so much about myself and every time I go on one of my expeditions I'm just so much more motivated and I have to say that like it's the thought of the change I'm trying to make and like I think about you know little girls in their teens who are like me and like really struggling with depression and how I could maybe help one or two of those girls or somebody who's battling that like lights a fire in me that I, I swear that's what gets me to the top almost every single time. Um, but yeah, I'm like super excited about it. I'm really proud of myself. That's something I like never used to really actually be able to say. Um, but it's been a really cool experience so far. And uh, yeah, so I don't know when my next expedition is. I'm hoping this time next year. But like I said, um, that's not at the end of the day, my number one goal. Um, and if it takes 10 years, it might take 10 years, it might take five, I don't know. But wow. we're gonna try. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, just congratulations to you just for even like, you know, taking that on. I think that's amazing. And I, I mean, I think you're right, who cares the time, you know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's the experience, it's the journey. And I think that's, that's incredible. Um, thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on the show. And, and thank you for the very real conversation, you know, a very authentic discussion. Very, very appreciative. Um, love all the perspectives about, you know, the human experience and, and, you know, how, what, how we can work in society to maybe create different spaces for things like mental health and, and personal personal journeys um and i wish you the absolute best of luck in the explorers grand slam challenge i will be following you. you i will be Thanks. i will be watching this um 
And yeah, just thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really grateful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the awesome conversation.